All right. Leave it to me to surprise you. But I told you that we were going back to 2 Samuel, but we're not. We are. But uh, I want to sh- I want to detour one more time this morning. Uh, you know, I've been asked several times this week, how you feel about what's going on, Pastor? I feel great. I feel wonderful. You know why I feel wonderful? Because the King of Kings is still in authority. Amen. And uh, I don't know about you, but throughout my life, the things that I thought we needed most, or that I needed most, is not what God's given me, but I've been blessed by even more through what he's given me than what I thought I needed. But let me assure you this morning that we have lost nothing. Nothing has been lost through this election. We don't put our faith, I think some of you saw that quote I put on, or that snippet of Billy Graham this week. We don't put our faith in a president. We don't put our faith in a government. We put our faith in God. And there is no reason for any of us that are his children to be down in the mouth this morning. Because we serve the same God that we served last Monday. Last Sunday. He's no less powerful. He's no less sovereign. And his will is going to be done. And so what's our responsibility in that? It's to make sure that we're being obedient to his word and being obedient to what he has placed in our heart to be and called us to be, and we're going to be just fine because he's going to protect us. And I'm going to show you, I want to take you back to a scripture this morning that you all are very familiar with in Exodus. And throughout the ages, God's people have been under persecution from bad government. This is not nothing new. And and let me say, it's not over yet. It's not over yet, what's going on. But I'm past it. I'm past it. Because I know what God has called me to do is to share his word and share his gospel. Whether that's in whatever administration it's in. And that Whatever may come through that, he's going to make protection, provision, excuse me, and protection for his people. Period. I fought as hard as anybody. <laughs> I did. And I, I don't regret a stitch of it. I got blessed out of that whole thing of what we presented. But I I want you to know, I want you to be resolved this morning. Don't be down and out. You ought to be excited. I've told you that I felt like a revival was coming. And it may take some ugly things for God's people to, to wake up. And if that's what it takes, I'm ready to march right on through it. Onward, Christian soldier. So I want, I want, I want to leave you with that this morning. Don't. You should be excited about what God's got in front of us. I I truly believe we're going to see some miraculous things. Go with me this morning to Exodus chapter 3. 
Exodus chapter 3. Let's bow our heads for prayer before we get started. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that we can come together and fellowship one with another as family, your family. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in this church and what you're doing in the lives of the people of this church. Lord, we ask that you just continue to bless us. Lord, lead us, guide us, direct us. Lord, let us be attentive to what your will is. Lord, I just pray for your protection on each and every one represented here and those that can't be here. Lord, on this community, on this nation. Lord, you are absolutely sovereign. And we give you praise and glory for your will to be done. I just pray that this message bring honor and glory unto you. Lord, that you anoint it and it reach down and touch someone. These things I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Exodus chapter 3. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert. And he came to Horeb, the mountain of God, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from in the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will... I will now turn aside and see great and see this great sight while the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. Then he said, Do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen this oppression of my people who are in Egypt, and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. I want you to understand this morning that no matter what takes place, God is going to know the sorrows of his people. And they're his people. And he's partial to his people. No matter what happens, you hold a special place with God. The one and only God. The one and only King. I'm disappointed, but I'm excited. Because in times like these, when God's people are being persecuted and, and distressed and, and oppressed, that's when God shows his might. That's when God shows his might. You, there are example after example through Scripture where who comes in for the rescue? Only one who can rescue. The only one. But as we look here, he said, I know these people have been, been oppressed. Now look at Moses. What, what, what is, he's attentive. He's paying attention. 
You see, we have to be paying attention in times like these. We have got to be in tune to God. Not in tune to all this mess that's going on around us. Because, see, that's a distraction. That, that is designed to get you focused on that and off of God. We're in ever more an important time right now to be solely focused on God. Forget the... Listen, I ain't watched the news in four days. I hadn't, except for our, our church Facebook page, I hadn't looked at, the, at that. Because, see, it's all designed to, to take our attention off of the Father. But look at Moses. You, now, I'm sure, you know, Moses, they didn't have Facebook or TV or anything. But, but whatever their circumstances was, it was just as bad as ours. There were things in that time that, that I'm sure Moses, whether it was people just talking or what, that could very easily get him discouraged. Very easily get him to thinking, oh, well, God's not going to save his people. We're fixing it. It's fixing to be just blood. It's going, you know. Can, can't you imagine? But he was, he was in tune. He was listening. He, 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 he was paying attention. And when God showed up with a message, he didn't miss it. He didn't miss it. We can't be in a position where we're so distracted with what's going on in this world that we miss God's message. That we miss something that he tells us to do. Some instruction that he gives us for our walk. Boy, it's good to have you back, Janet Taylor. What version of it? Let me get in the right chapter. Okay, so I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from the land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression which the Egyptians oppressed them. Key in this verse, I have heard, I have, now therefore behold, I, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me. As God's people, we must continue to cry out to him. We cannot throw our hands up and just accept and succumb to the world that we live in. We must seek his face. We must cry out for his mercy. And his protection and his provision. On we his people. And he says what? I heard it. It came to me. I heard it. If he knows every thought that goes through our mind. What makes us think that not every cry would come to him? We take it for granted. We're very irresponsible with it. Because 
a bunch of the thoughts that go through my head, I would I should be ashamed of. That's this old flesh. That's this old fallen man. But he said, I heard the cry. He didn't. He's not going to ignore his people's cry. It may feel like it sometimes. We may think he's not hearing it. You ever felt like that? But he tells us clearly, knock. Knock. Seek and you shall find. Verse 10, come now therefore, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Can you imagine what Moses was thinking? <laughs> Why me, Lord? I've had those thoughts. Why me, Lord? I, 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 I'm not good enough to do that. He said, but I'm fixing to send you to Pharaoh. Don't, can you imagine the fear? I mean, Pharaoh is mistreating God's people. And you want me to go talk to him? We have little faith, huh? Let's see what happens. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? And that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? So he said, I will certainly be with you. And this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on his mountain. Key in that verse. I will certainly be with you. God's people are God's people. Whether your name is Moses or Cindy or David or Tommy or Scott. God's people are God's people. And if he will certainly be with Moses, he will certainly be with Scott or Carrie or whoever. They're God's people. What's there to fear? What's there to be discouraged about? Can you see why I'm excited this morning? I don't have a thing in the world to fear. It, there may be tough times ahead. I'm, I understand that. I can go back and show you time after time after time through these scriptures where most of God's people have had tough times. In fact, all of God's people have had tough times at one time or another. There's nothing. That's not, that's not new words, is it? But he says, if you're mine, I will be with you. Well, who better to have with you? Who better to have with you? I can't think of anybody better. I can imagine what Moses is thinking, though. Then Moses said to God in, in verse 13, Indeed, when I, come to the, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am 
has sent me to you. <laughs> but, but think about that for a minute. God knows that they're going to recognize I am. God knows that they're going to wreck his people are going to recognize who Moses is saying I am is. Kind of sarcastic on God's part, I think. <laughs> I am, I am. Praise God. But his people recognize it. Just like his people today should recognize his voice in their life. I don't know about you, but there is no doubt when God speaks to me, I know who's spoken. And I'm not talking about an audible voice. But when he, when he pulls at the heartstrings of my heart and reveals, I know exactly who it is speaking in my spirit. Don't you? He said, they'll, they'll know. You just tell them, I am sent you. Moreover, God said to Moses in verse 15, Thus you shall say to the children of, of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all generations. Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and Jacob, appeared to me, saying, I have surely visited you and seen what is done to you in Egypt. And I have said I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt to the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites to a land flowing with milk and honey. Then they will heed your voice and shall come and you shall be the and, and you and the elders of Israel to the king of the, Okay. Then they will heed your voice and you shall come you and the elders of Israel to the king of Egypt, and you shall say to him, The Lord God of the Hebrews has met with us. And now, please, let us go three days' journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. I want to stop right there a second, and I want you to know that God's people are headed for a land of milk and honey. It don't matter what. Hey, we already know this, this is going to burn down. But his people are headed for a land of milk and honey. It's not a time to be discouraged. It's a time to be excited about what God's doing. Because when you look at it and understand it, every day we get closer to that land of milk and honey. Whether it be in his return or he takes us home. Every day, we get closer to a land of milk and honey. Some have already gone on to experience it. But it's not going to be withheld from us. If we are His, his people, we are saved by His grace, and His called, chosen people, then that land of milk and honey is ours too. And... Every, go find me somebody in the Bible that was God's people that didn't get to the land of milk and honey. There isn't one. He said he'll leave the 99 to go get the one. 
He's not going to lose one, so he's not going to lose us. Not going to happen. Well, it's reassuring, isn't it? Something to be excited about, isn't it? But disconnect yourself from this mess. I know it's hard because there's every means under the sun that Satan has to throw it at you. Listen, I, I'm on vacation this week, and I, I've been, I don't, I mean, I, I was at, I can't tell you how many different places. And nearly every place I went, I ran into somebody, and I, what do you think going to happen? <laughs> I got so sick of hearing it. I know what's going to happen. God's going to win. It don't matter if Mickey Mouse or Donald Duck's sitting up there in that White House. God's going to win. And God's going to lead his people to the land of milk and honey. Period. And the best part of that is I'm one of his people. So there's nothing in me that has anything to be afraid of. There shouldn't be nothing in you if you're his chosen people with any fear or any desperation at this point. I don't like it any better than anybody else. You ought to know what I did for a month. And I'm going to tell you, Tuesday night, I sat up to 1 o'clock. Oh, I threw all kinds of temper tantrums. Wednesday morning, I was sick to my stomach. Amen. Why? Because I, I, I fought so hard for the principles of God. Not for Donald Trump. But you know what? That doesn't mean those principles have been defeated. But it's okay that we all are still human. We all still have feelings in which God created us to have. But I'm here this morning to get over it. Get over it. Get over it. Buckle up, buttercup. We got work to do. We got a church to be. Because... Nothing's changed, according to this. It's all been decided. It is finished. It was finished on Calvary. All, that's, all this mess has been defeated. Remember, we don't fight from victory. I mean, for victory, we fight from victory. So this thing can burn down around us. It can. And God may pluck one or two or three or four or five, maybe all of us out of here before he returns. That's okay. Guess what? Guess where you're headed? The land of milk and honey. The land of milk and honey. Paradise. Paradise in which the Bible tells us we can't even wrap our mind around. Eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard the things that I have gone to prepare for you. Well, I don't know about you, but that 
in my simple way of thinking, that means it's pretty good. Pretty good. Eighteen. Then they will heed your voice, and, and you shall come, you and the elders of Israel, to the king of Egypt, and you shall say to them, The Lord God of the Hebrews has met with us. And now, please let us go three days' journey into the wilderness, that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. But I am sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go. No, not even by a mighty hand. So I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all of my wonders, which I will do in the midst. And after that, he will let you go. He said, now listen, I want you to go ask him nicely to let you go. But it's not going to work. He said, I'm going to have to put a little wrath on him. He said, then he'll let you go. But you see, here you have a, a tyrant trying to subdue and imprison God's people. Well, Pharaoh's no different than any other one through the ages. And there's none that's coming. The Bible even tells us the Antichrist is not going to win. God's people win. God's people win. Because they put their faith in him. And they have a Savior, an eternal Savior, who is going to make for sure that his people go to the land of milk and honey. Don't be scared. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. He said he's not going to let you go. He said, but I am going to sure the king of Egypt will not let you go, and not even by the mighty hand, so I will stretch out my hand. Verse 20, and strike Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in the midst. And after that, he will let you go. And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And it shall be when you go that you shall not go empty-handed. <laughs> not only are you going to get to go, but you ain't going to go. You're you going you gonna to go with something. But every woman shall ask her neighbor, namely... Of her who dwells near the, her house, articles of silver, articles of gold, and clothing, and you shall put them on your sons and on your daughters, so you shall plunder the Egyptians. He said, you, You're going to take their riches. He said, I'm going to strike them with my wonder so greatly that they're going to offer up to you everything they, that's worth anything. And, and believe you me, they're going to know your mind. He said, we're, we're not just going to walk, my people are not just going to walk out of there without anything. They're going to know we were there. Well, I want you to know this morning, I hope you plan on everybody knowing we're here. That this, this place is God's place. This place in this community, in this, in, 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 in this place is his place. A place where his truth is spoken. A place where people who need God's word and a place where people need saving grace can come and get the gospel. The, the gospel according to Jesus Christ, not the gospel according to KU Baptist. <laughs> 
And when they leave here, they can have riches untold. That riches is saving grace. Those riches are to be a part of God's eternal family. Those riches are to be an inheritance in the land of milk and honey. So I tell you this morning, again, get over it. I had to. I had to. God had to nap me up by my neck and say, hey, get over it. I don't know how this is. We won't know how this ends till January the 20th probably. Isn't the 21st inauguration day? But we do know how it ends. No matter what takes place, the king is still on the throne. And he's a God of miracles. And he's a God of miracles. And he's a God of provision for his people. Amen. He's a God of provision for his people. And he's not, he's not going to give up his people to the other side. Amen. Amen. It's, uh, it's interesting. It's interesting to look around and see how godless we really are. I don't, I don't know about you, but that, that was probably the most eye-opening thing for me. It's, I had a, a good sense of how godless our society was, but I, had, I was mistaken. It's at a much greater magnitude than what I ever thought. How godless this nation is. And how rampant Satan has been gathering them up. How rampant Satan has been gathering them up. We've had discussions as we... People, people stand and tell you they're Christians. They can't even spell it. They don't know the first thing about being one of them. Pitiful. Absolutely pitiful. But again, I know who, who wins. I am, I am convinced of who wins. The Bible tells me clearly who comes out on top. And the Bible tells me clearly what has to take place down here for us to reap what we're going to get up there. So, you may call me crazy, but I'm looking forward to it. See, I'm a fish out of water. When God saved me and changed me, I became a fish out of water down here. And I feel that way. I don't know about you, but I feel like a fish out of water. Remember the kid game Marco Polo? 
I feel like Jesus hollering Marco and I'm hollering Polo, Polo. <laughs> but as God continues to grow his people and, and change his people and make his people ready, you should feel more like a fish out of water. If you don't feel like a fish out of water, I encourage you to examine yourself. Check yourself. Because I'm going to tell you something. God working in your life and continuing to grow you can't help but, but separate you from that old man and that old woman and that fleshly being and, and, and make you more of a spiritual being and draw you toward him. Yeah, you can backslide and be, but you can't stay there. You can't stay there. God will not allow you to stay there. At some point, you got to come back. At some point, your eyes got to be opened and you got to repent and, and, and see what you are and what you've done and how you've disobeyed and, and been disobedient and, and repent of that and come back. I don't know how long that, that, that each individual is different. God works in the same way. He draws. He removes scales from our eyes. He enlightens. He reveals Himself through Scripture. And wakes us up and brings us back. There's a there's a song that's been on it's been in my mind ever all morning. You know it very well. Fits so good with this. And it says this. God sent his son. They called him Jesus. He came to love. Heal and forgive. He lived and died. To buy my pardon, an empty grave is there to prove my Savior lives. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone because I know he holds the future and life is worth the living just because he lives last verse and then one day I'll cross the river, I'll fight life's final war with pain, and then as death gives way to victory, I'll see the light. 
of glory and I'll know he lives because he lives I can face tomorrow because he lives all fear is gone because I know And life is worth the living just because he lives. Amen. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that because you live, we can face tomorrow. Father, we give you the honor and the glory and the praise in which you are so rightly due. Father, we thank you for your sovereignty. We thank you for the victory that we have through you. And Father, we thank you that we don't have to fear or be scared or be discouraged because we're your people. You've shown us example after example where you've led your people out of bondage. You've brought your people through trials and tribulations. Lord, though we may not know what's ahead of us, we do know this, that you will not forsake your people. We give you honor and praise and glory in the name of Jesus. Amen.